You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. You actually have probably the one that I would say is the toughest, which is Pluto in the fourth mm-hmm. in your chart. Mm-hmm. When we first... I'll never forget where we were when we were discovering all this about astrology. We were living in Key Largo in that gorgeous house block away from the ocean. I was taking applied astrology level one with Deborah Silverman and just in love with it, falling in love with my fate. (laughs) And of course, what better way to study the stars and really get to know them than by pulling up charts of the people you know Mm -hmm. really well. And so naturally, we looked at your chart and mine all the time. Yep. And you got Pluto in the fourth, popped out a mama with trauma. Yeah. Do you ever look at that in your chart and think, oh, man, that sucks? No, I look at some of the other things and think that. Like what? Um, well, now that I know a little more, and hopefully you're going to talk about this more, is my Chiron in the twelfth. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it gave me an opportunity to see things for what they are and, and really grow into who I am. So when we discovered what that meant, which is essentially there's a lot of pain in the home life and the childhood. I mean, I guess you thought, no, I think if we'd have discovered it when, when we were in Austin and we had that moment with my mom and I was like, Whoa, if we'd have discovered it right then, Mm -hmm. I think it made a hit different. But because I already had the feelings I had and had the eye-opening experiences that I did, it didn't. Was it just it, it made <laughs> sense. It just was it just like duh. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Not duh. Just like oh, well, that makes total freaking sense. Well, as someone with that placement, so for those listening, we're talking about placements on a birth chart that suck, and I say suck in air quotes because. I truly don't believe that there's any placements that's like, oh, you got the short end of the stick because those placements can actually be what make you unique, famous, incredible. Mm, Stop it. I know, I'm just kidding. Libras, go after him. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. I think when I look at it now, the tough aspects uh, of my chart, the tough placements of my chart that you would look at as an astrologer, if you didn't know me and be like, ooh, that's a little tough. Yeah. They are, it was the Chiron saying last night, like, what is it? What, how did they say it? It was like, nobody leans into comfort. We always find ourselves through pain. Yeah. We don't grow. We don't initiate yeah. action unless we feel pain. Yeah. And so I think these things, anytime you have an astrologer say, Ooh, that's tough. How did you feel about this? It's like, put a big check mark on that and go back to it because that's where you're going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have. Yeah. There's whenever I do Q and A's on Cosmic Coconuts Instagram, I always get asked by young moms, My baby was just born and he has Pluto in the fourth. Are we doomed? <laughs> As someone with that, what would you tell her? I would say really focus on not being too selfish and making decisions that don't include the child at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So like my mom, for instance, I don't think and it was just her her birth chart alone. Like she wasn't supposed to have us. She was she was supposed to go party and do the things she does Mm -hmm. and the things she did. But she wasn't supposed to have kids while she was doing that. 
So like if I could tell my mom anything going back, I would say like, hey, if you're going to do the things you're going to do and it's inevitable, at least ask yourself this one question. How does this benefit my children? And then go do what it is you're going to do, even if you make the same decision, but at least ask yourself that. Yeah. Uh, his mom's chart is a Leo sun, Aries moon, Libra rising. And I would tell her, if you do feel it in your heart, you want to have kids, wait till you're 30. Wait until you're after your Saturn return, like 35. Go have fun, party, yeah, drink, go. do mess up. That's what you're supposed to do is yep. just go be the life of the party and have that fiery energy, right? Yeah. If you know, if I could pick one piece of your chart that I would change for you, it would be Black Moon Lilith conjunct your ascendant. Details. What? Give me some details. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Translate that in English? Yeah. Black Moon Lilith is the asteroid of where we have these primal surges, where we have this I don't give a fuck energy. It's black. It's gothic. Okay. Whenever planets are sitting on the rising sign, so the ascendant in Mm -hmm. a birth chart, you wear like a tattoo. So if somebody has their moon on their ascendant, they're just so sweet and sensitive, even if they're a Sagittarius rising. Okay. If somebody has Mars on their ascendant, they're fit, they're gnarly, they're okay. big, masculine. Venus on the ascendant is usually people who are blessed with beauty for a long time, okay. very youthful. Now, to have Black Moon Lilith sitting on that, you just trigger people. Mm. You walk in a room and people are like, God, you're gothic, you're dark energy. Yeah. Black magic. You know, I actually got, I actually got told that by a, a past partner before that I have like a, a what did she say she said you have like a black cloud that follows you and I was like mm, you're probably that black cloud but it makes sense now mm-hmm. when I think of the black it's black Lilith. Lilith on yeah. that I brought that up in one of my astrology groups hope you don't mind kept you anonymous but they were okay. like what's interesting they asked do <clears throat> animals and children love him I was like oh god mm-hmm. every child every animal is just Mm-hmm. on you and they're like because his energy is so pure and he demands people be pure mm. so it's like when you walk in a room all of a sudden everything people don't like about themselves the secrets they keep within themselves are ripped open it's like you rip the clothes the proverbial clothes off of people and kids and are pure so they don't care pu- they're like uh, nice this is animals Animals are pure that makes sense so they feel comfortable in that that makes sense but yeah my whole life, I will say, my whole life has always been like, you know how we had a mutual friend of ours, Jeff, the other day tell you like, you know, I just walk into a room and like everyone seeks me out. Like I'm the alpha and like I just feel like there's but a problem. But he triggers alpha men. But he triggers alpha people. Yeah. I've always, yeah, I've always felt like every room I walk into, it's like I leave it and I'm like, I didn't even do, I didn't even say a word. Uh-huh. And they don't even like me. Wow. Okay. I, I'm just going to keep I going. Think people, when, because Instagram or pictures, it's hard not to judge people by their photos, but you have that aura to you. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people, when I started dating you, were like, watch out for him. Be careful of him. They're mm-hmm. looking at pictures. But if people could sit down and talk with you, spend a day with you, have coffee with you, they could feel that. I mean, the, I've noticed it. Mm-hmm. I have the people on the internet who are like, mm, watch out for him. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm with you in person and you walk in a room, everybody wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but they want your number because they want to call you in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's very interesting. It's really helped getting to see, um, you know, I, I lean on some of the like people that I work with, some of the clients that I work with, and like having the women 
clients. Mm-hmm. Like we'll go back to Sarah, right? The one that I work with, having her tell her friends, like, man, I feel so comfortable. I can tell this dude anything. Yeah. It's like, okay, that means like when you get to know me, you see a different side than you actually see when you yep. see me. Yep. So <sighs> and then if I look at my own chart, where do you think I got the short end of the stick? <laughs> you need to look at my chart, you good. No, I think yours, just knowing you and knowing your chart, I think yours, honestly, I'm going to lean in on this Chiron. And it's not just because yeah. it's so fresh and like mm-hmm. clean to us. It's it's literally, yeah, I get to witness it. I get to witness how your mind works with money and how you were wounded from yeah. like, poor mama having to grow up without it and just your lineage. I think your Chiron's probably one of the toughest things. Well, Chiron's the toughest for everyone. I know, but... <laughs> but yeah. But yeah. Let's see. I don't have any aspects to it. My chart, I believe uh, having my Venus, Moon, Pluto, and Scorpio, Scorpio sitting right on top of each other, that just gives me this natural affinity to be attracted to addicts, mental health issues in people, the dark side of people, which is why your Black Moon Lilith on your Ascendant is sexy to me. It mm. doesn't scare me. It doesn't make me think, oh, he's going to beat me or he's going to do emotional gaslighting, manipulating. It's intriguing to me because of my conjunction of these three in Scorpio. I think another one, and I don't know if there's like aspects to it, is your sun in Sag and your moon in Scorpio. Like you have this, Uh if you imagine two people, you have the gothic, like quiet one sitting there and you have the other one who's farting, laughing and (laughs) making jokes and now you blend those two. And it's like, it can be a cool dance yeah. when you get it right. But when it's wrong, it's like, like, that's tough. Yeah. That's like. Sag blows up anything it's next to. Scorpio on its empowered side moves a room, moves mm-hmm. a crowd, shares the dark side in a poetic, beautiful way that you always remember the movie they wrote. Disempowered, Scorpio rules pain, emotions, abuse. When Sag is next to that, the depression can get big. Well, that's the thing. Sag is, I think, Sag, Scorpio, Moon, and and you do a really good job at like not falling victim to the things that are trying to make you fall victim to. But mm-hmm. Sag, smile, Scorpio, depression, mm-hmm. mix those two, and that's a person you would never know is about to do something dark because yeah. they're so light and they're so you love Sages. Yeah. But you really don't know like what's truly going on. Oh yeah. So I, that's something yeah. I'm aware of for sure. Yeah. So today's Astro Advice Column episode is somebody asking if they are doomed with planets in their chart. She is a Taurus Sun, Scorpio Moon. Hey girl. Cancer rising. Baby I see Jay. you, girl. She sees you back. <laughs> she says, Hey Steph and Baby J. My name is Oh, I was going to say her name. My name is Taurus. I'm an avid <laughs> listener, and you guys have gotten me hooked on astrology over the past two and a half years. I have so many questions about my chart, but I'll choose the most pressing one that's really on my mind. I have three planets in my sixth house, a stellium with lots of Capricorn. I've just noticed they are all in retrograde. I'm hoping you can shed some insight. I know the sixth house rules health, and I am hoping my anxious butt isn't doomed by this seemingly unfortunate mess. Thank you both for your amazing content. I love you guys. Signed, Taurus. You're so sweet. She, Scorpio sees Scorpio. I see you. So we pulled up her chart because I want to investigate. And I wanted to see 
Is she, in fact, doomed? I mean, feet on the ground, masculine energy over there. Do you think something like a birth chart or a tarot reading or should be something that gives you anxiety? No. And by the way, you're not doomed because you had the emotional awareness to even ask this question, which means you care enough about, like, the actions you take and the things that happen. But no, like, you're not... You're not doomed. You're never yeah. doomed. And nothing that we say, even on this podcast, is going to um, change the natural cycle of what will be anyway. Mm-hmm. So, no. Yeah. Astrology, no matter what your placements are, should be self-discovery. Mm-hmm. If you discover something about yourself that you're like, oh, man, I'm really acting like my mom there, and I don't like that part about her personality, what do you do? You don't just say, oh, I'm doomed to behave like my mom forever. You mm-hmm. say, okay, now that I'm aware of that, let me not repeat this again. I'll fumble, I'll stumble, but I'm going to work really hard at stopping this. And not only that, I'm going to go apologize for that behavior. And the fact, using my Scorpio conjunct moon and Venus, I know there's a tendency there to be attracted to dark people. Mm-hmm. Empowered, I have a very loyal bond that is just ethereal. Mm-hmm. Downside, I can find myself wanting to fix, heal, alchemize, addicts, mental health, mm-hmm. deep, dark issues. Yeah. I pay mind to that. Yeah. I think the I think with astrology and any any healing or a discovery modality, I think you'll for me, I had to like simplify it and say, okay, what is it right now for the next couple months that I just want to think about? And with me it became career because that's yeah. really predominant in my chart, right? Yeah. So it was like, all right, I'm just going to focus on my Aries placements that are my North Node and my Jupiter, right? I'm going to focus on those. That's it. Because the rest of it can get overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Focus on those, create an outcome with those, and then I'll move on. And that's what I've done. Like we had conversations about this little part of my chart. I made like notions towards it, and then we move forward. So when I pulled hers up and she's going to crack up, I don't know if I'll email her after this and let her know or let her find out. It's a surprise on the, on this episode, but I pulled her chart up and I see that sixth house stellium and Capricorn that she's Mm -hmm. talking about, but it's outer planets in the North node. So her stellium is Uranus, Neptune and the North node. Uranus and Neptune are outer planets. So these guys, we don't pay attention to what sign they're in because this is generational. Mm -hmm. She's born in 91, you're 87, I'm 88. We all share this Mm -hmm. together. So we don't pay attention to the sign they're in. The house, sure. But because they're outer planets, their energy is not so close to us here on Earth. It's a sprinkle of salt and pepper in her soup of life. Could it alter the flavor? Sure, but not too much. Yeah. So, (laughs) and then... When Uranus and Neptune, they go retrograde every single year. These two planets are retrograde 40 to 45% of the time. So it's very common to have these guys retrograde. So that influence, you really don't feel it. And then the North Node is always in retrograde. It moves clockwise, which is retrograde in the sky, which appears to us like they're moving backwards. So Mm -hmm. everybody's North Node is technically retrograde. So she was doomed and giving herself anxiety over something that wasn't even a big deal. No. You can take Girl, a deep breath. Scorpio moon is Scorpio moon. We're just giving you a big old watery hug saying, look, look at, but look at how powerful the mind is. Yeah. 
We talked about it on the last episode. She probably episode. told herself, I'm going to have health <laughs> issues because the sixth house does rule health, but most importantly, it rules your daily routine. I have Pluto, Venus, and the moon in the sixth house. In Scorpio, <clears throat> not a good omen for health, if we're going to be black and white here. Not a good omen at all. But what it does mean, as I've lived my life and studied this, I can make myself sick. A lot of the physical issues I have from autoimmune rashes to getting a cold to getting a stomach bug, they are all brought on because I didn't have a balanced daily routine. Mm -hmm. I stopped taking care of myself and especially my emotions. Mm -hmm. A lot of the health ailments we receive from sixth house playments can easily be remedied through holistic health, through exercise, sweat, sauna, or simply balancing our Thoughts. Yep. If you want to get real and worry about cancer, a big thing, that's first house of the physical body, mm-hmm. right? But even then, there's other placements in the chart that could be a lot of good luck. Yep. I may have the short end of the stick in terms of health in my chart, but I have Saturn in my eighth house, which is the mark of living till you're 100. Yep. So that definitely balances that sixth house stellium. So she has a sixth house stellium, but it's outer planet, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. If it was Sun, Venus, Mars heavy hitters like that, we'd be talking about it. But as your astrologer, I wouldn't even look too much at that. Neptune and Uranus in the sixth house, no, not that big of a deal. Your health may not follow the norm. Your taste buds are different. And what does Neptune 6 say? Health issues may be an issue in your life. But with the north node there, I imagine that a lot of your health issues, like let's use me for example, I was diagnosed with hyperthyroid. They wanted to remove my thyroid. I said, no, that Mm -hmm. seems weird. And I healed it by myself. And because I did that, I thought, I'm powerful. I just reversed something that all these doctors and white lab coats told me was impossible. I got to share this with the world. This is incredible. And so I published Thyroid First Aid Kit, still selling on Amazon today. And it became what moved me into Lightworkers Lounge. So with her North Node sitting in the sixth house, Holistic health and healing people, whether it's through nursing, being a doctor yourself, being a holistic health coach is kind of a part of your purpose. Yeah. So pay attention to any health things you have. And I'm willing to bet they're there from your mind. Heal Your Body by Louise Hay will be her Bible. It's, it's crazy what the mind is literally like the greatest muscle. Yeah. In a sense, mm-hmm. body it will, keeps the score. It will dictate everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we look at the rest of her chart. It's funny. She's worried about health. She has Jupiter in the first house of the physical body. Jupiter tells me where will this person experience abundance, blessings, miracles. Hers is in the first house of my physical body, so she's lucky. <laughs> See how this all balances itself out, so she doesn't have that much to worry about. Yeah. Now, Cancer rising. So every chart has what we call a chart ruler. How do you find that? You look to the sign that rules your chart. What's yours? My, my What's your rising? rising? Cancer. Who rules Cancer? The moon. So your chart ruler is the moon. Yep. I'm a Taurus rising. What planet rules Taurus? Venus. Look at you. Baby, don't. I'm going tell you what. My, my, my vest. No, not vest. What is it? My black moon Lilith might turn you <laughs> on, but my knowledge over here might do it too. Yeah. Sag is like, oh, you know stuff. Yep. Okay. See, ladies, you think, oh, my husband just doesn't like it. My boyfriend. All the men don't like astrology. Yes, they do. Are you kidding me? Men are my number one client who take the most notes, ask the most questions. They love it. 
<laughs> my intent is to have more knowledge so I can be a better man. Yeah, to know people. So her chart ruler is also the moon. Mm-hmm. So when people are at Cancer Rising, their chart is ruled by the moon. Your emotions play such a big role in everything. Your health, you as a partner, you as a parent, you with your career. Mm-hmm. Your heart is written all over your chart. She has a Scorpio moon in the fifth house. That's like, what I was going to ask, where her Scorpio moon was. It's in the fifth house of children, creativity, self-expression. Wait, is mine in the fifth? Yours is in the fourth. Fourth, Right okay. next to you. Which is beautiful, right? You have that placement of mm-hmm. Pluto in the fourth, but the moon giving it a kiss right next to it is like, hey, Pluto in the chart is the letter P. And she has this as well. She's got Pluto in the fourth. Yeah, just like me. Mm-hmm. P. Think of the P words. Pain, pleasure, power. So with Pluto, whatever area of life, since he's an outer planet, you don't look at the sign he's in. He's in Scorpio for a lot of us listening to this. In the fourth house, your most pain could come from home, childhood, family, mother, grandmother. But if you choose to heal that, turn that poison into medicine, that area of life becomes where you have the most pleasure and feel the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I agree. So I like where he is. I do. I think yeah. it's awesome. When people say, oh, Steph, you have Pluto in the six, that sucks. Are you okay? It's like, no, I have allergies and I wake up sneezing all the time if I eat a loaf of bread. But I love my daily routine. I have a career that is where I feel most powerful. I have so much pleasure with what I do every day. So it made total sense when you were a health coach then. Yeah. Even just based on that. Exactly. Nice. The pain of being diagnosed with autoimmunity at 25, being told I would never have a child, being told I'd need major surgery, like, no, that was so painful. And I said, hold on, doc, I hear you, but I'm going to try and turn this poison into medicine. And I took a year off and just... I choose not to eat kale, doc. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... And her son is in the 10th house, so she's very focused on career in this lifetime. It's a really big part of her. I want to point out she has a yod. This is the finger of God in a chart. It's two connecting points, or Venus in the 11th. She loves people who are a lot older, a lot younger. LGBTQ lives here. And her other placement for the yod is her Mercury in the 10th, all pointing at her Pluto in the 4th as a yod. Very, uh, I mean, not as similar to me in that way but like very much her fourth house is Mm -hmm. dictating it seems like career and a lot of those things like me yep and saturn where we might experience restrictions and limitations hers is in the seventh house of love and partnership so this tells me if i just fold her chart up into a a sandwich and you take a bite out of it, it says there's pain from childhood that has caused me to overcompensate at work. Mm. I really want a relationship, but because I work so much, I avoid taking care of the childhood wounds. I struggle in this area. That makes sense. But when she chooses to say, okay, 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 I'm going to balance things, sixth house stellium. I am going to balance home life with work life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to seek help to uproot all the pain from my childhood and get really clear on it. 
then wherever Saturn's at is where we get greatly rewarded. That's where our rock and our stability comes from. Seventh house, she can have an incredible marriage and partnership. Yep. Now, she's similar to you in that her Chiron, the wound in her chart, is in the 12th house, and she's got Pluto in the 4th. Just based off of you and other clients I've read, this is someone who doesn't fully understand. Like, uh, she just finished her Saturn return. Congratulations. But I feel as though if she were to sit right there and we said, hey, Scorpio Moon Sis, like, who is it? Is it mom or dad? Like, what happened? She may or may not say, no, my childhood was great. Mm-hmm. Because that kind, right? Yeah. When I first met you, I thought you were the biggest mama's boy in a good way. I mm-hmm. love family. So I was like, yes, this is cool. But then things happened and yep. you had this, whoa. I thought it was my dad that caused me the most pain all along. But mm-hmm. it was actually the opposite. Yeah, it was very much... That secret subconscious mm -hmm. wound came out. And so her story is a little similar. So what advice would you have for her? My advice would be to start seeing things for what they really are and and to not make excuses for people, right? Mom, dad, family, home, anything home. You know, even like Mm -hmm. uh, I know know siblings is a different house placement, but if we just bundle home as one, I would say – I never truly got to be a child while I was a child and I was robbed of it for many reasons. But honestly, my greatest, um, my muse, right, is this Chiron in the 12th and it is talking about my wounds, talking about these secrets that I used to think were scary and like if people knew this about me, oh my God, like what would they think? And it's talking. It's, it's opening my mouth to the things that I was always hiding. And it's no different than, here's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. It's no different than <clears throat> when my parents used to fight, I would hide, go to my room and close the door. Mm. Well, at some point as an adult, you have to realize that your parents aren't in that house anymore and you have to open that door and walk out mm-hmm. and release yourself of it. And the only way to release yourself of it is to open that door of secrets and let some of them fly. And wow. I think that's what's helped me the most. Dang. So. That's powerful. Yeah. And her Chiron's in the sign of cancer. So mm. Pluto in the fourth, Chiron and cancer would definitely know something from childhood has caused her to, look, she wrote to us and said, my anxious butt isn't doomed by this seemingly unfortunate mess. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, eloquent writing. But no, it's, right, your mind made up that it was an unfortunate mess. This is actually awesome. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. I hope you're a healer for a living in some regard because this is beautiful for that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say say cancer in the 12th where that Chiron's at Mm -hmm. is like you need to release yourself of these like emotional feelings that you're holding back, which would make sense and why there's struggles in relationship, right? If I dive so much into work or I I keep my mind busy doing other things, I don't have to face the reality of what I want my relationships to be. Mm -hmm. And I can't even do that because I don't really show my emotions the way I want to. So nobody's going to love me because I can't even figure out how to love me myself. Mm Mm-hmm. So boom, she has a T-square releasing in the fourth house. So T-squares always indicate anxiety or tension in the chart, but you look to the house that the square releases into, and it's the fourth for her. So this just screams like, hey, let's do some really deep soul searching, deep diving, and exactly like Baby J said, what have you told yourself? Stop making up excuses for mom, for dad, for your siblings. Like, 
Her Mars, planet of action and anger, anger is a very healthy emotion that we should never repress, but things in the 12th house are all things hidden. Mm -hmm. They are things we hide from. I share this with you, my friend. We have Mars in the 12th, which means we hide our anger. If we show someone we're pissed, we are fucking pissed off at them, we risk losing them, mm -hmm. and we risk an adverse reaction, which water moons do not like. We are not conflict-oriented. And so this can be very scary for her, and I bet she really loves her mom or her dad or whoever raised her. Like, truly, I bet she tells herself it was a good childhood, and mm -hmm. I love them. It wasn't perfect, you know, but... 12th house, here you go, 12th house cancer. It's okay to say my childhood was fucked up. <laughs> it's okay to say my parents... We're fucked up. Mm -hmm. It's okay to also blame them for the good, blame them for the bad, but release yourself from the thought of like, well, they're, they're my parents. They're like, I don't know how to show my emotions. I don't know how to talk to people. Like, it's okay. It's okay that life was what it was and it wasn't that good, but you can become anything you want when you release these people. What did I tell you the other day? He who holds the guilt holds the power. Yeah. So like you're holding this guilt and shame of something, period, or you wouldn't have this this 12th house Chiron like me. Yeah. And so you have the power. You need to release that guilt somehow. Yeah. And it may not be guilt and shame that you brought on yourself, but it's going to be it's going to be something you need to find how to release. Honestly, I don't care what your childhood... Everyone, everyone has wounds. My old therapist, April Adams, I used to talk to her and be like, how do how do you prevent kids from having trauma? And she was like, you don't. Steph, here's the secret of life. You don't. Mm -hmm. No matter how much inner work you do, how much healing you do, if you become a parent, you're causing someone trauma. Yeah. She said, when your child's running around with knives and scissors and you say, hey, 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 give me those. You took something that they wanted to play with. You just cause them trauma. Yeah. Have fun. Like, it's little things like that. But I think how we just make this human life that's so rich with deep emotions more balanced is we talk about it. We yeah. say, hey, mom, when you took the scissors out of my hands, that really upset me. And I listen and I say, I'm sorry. I did that action because I wanted to protect you. But here's what I'll tell you is you're going to have to dive deep into this. I tried to have that conversation with my mom, and she said, oh, like your childhood was that bad. So you need mm -hmm. to be prepared as well yeah. to be emotionally stable enough to hear the thing you don't want to hear and still be able to get forgiveness. So hard when we love our parents so much and we just want them to... It's weird when we bypass our parents in terms of emotional maturity. Yes, yes. When you're old enough to finally realize, wow... Yep. My parents are over here and I'm up here in yep. terms of the levels of emotional maturity. This this is scary. It's almost like the death of the parent mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you realize, wait, I got to be the caregiver because I'm a more emotionally stable. Yeah. Well, you That's realize. That's supposed to be my mama. That's my daddy. Like what? <clears throat> what you realize is you were always the emotional yeah. caregiver. You were always the parent. And it just yeah. really highlights it when you have that conversation. And it's met with the complete opposite of what it should be. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is tough, but overall, and maybe we can record another episode about reading difficult, air quotes, difficult placements in a child's chart. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who are parents read their child's chart and think, oh shit, Chiron's there. Oh God, Pluto's <laughs> here. If I, if we had a child and we saw they had Pluto in the fourth, mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't be nervous so much as I would say, oh, wow, their home life is really, really going to affect them. Mm -hmm. So, baby J, let's call family meetings every Sunday night and let that child tell us what they do and don't like, what feels comfortable and what doesn't. Yeah. Because then Pluto in the fourth says, because my home life is so powerful and my parents care about me so much that they give me power to say how I feel, Mm -hmm. I can then go out into the world with Scorpio level confidence. Yeah. See how that works? Yeah. If our child has Pluto in the sixth and I go, oh, geez, don't feed them peanut butter (laughs) or shellfish. They're going to have all the food allergies and be so, that's okay. I just give them more supplements, a little extra zinc in their bottle. (laughs) You know, such a health coach and I love it and I love it. I think the greatest, I think the greatest thing this person can do is to get out of your head and just, just live, just live. Yep. Don't put meaning to too many things Mm -hmm. because you have a powerful mind and you can create problems where they're not like most of us do and let, give yourself forgiveness for the things that you're holding inside that nobody knows because you know what they are. Yeah. So the difficulties are your power. The easy things in your chart, it's like, yes, my son's in Sagittarius. Ooh, I'm so lucky. That means I'm lucky. Who wants that? Yeah. Guys, we, we think it's nice to just have the world handed to us. Look at people who win the lottery. Mm-hmm. What usually happens? They lose it all. They lose it all or they get suicidal or just doesn't feel good. Yeah. So whenever I see people with difficult charts, I just want to bow down and say, like, I am in the presence of Oprah, (laughs) of legendary energy, but it's your choice. Do you let the difficult placements take you down or do you rise like a phoenix out of the ashes and say, this is my strength, baby? Yep. 100%. There you go. I like it. She and... If she hasn't realized it by now, we talked about this before, she's kind of a blend between us both. You literally, if our charts had a baby, it would yeah. be hers. Yeah. I wish she could hang out with us. Yeah. Come kick it with us, yeah. girl. That's cool. Come to our astrology meetup. All right, Baby J, thank you for giving us the masculine perspective, keeping our feet on the ground so we ladies don't get too head in the clouds and forget that we're living a 3D life. That's what I love men for. Got you. I got you. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to hear your story and have your chart read on air, spowers at lightworkers-lounge.com. If you don't want your chart read on air because you're Scorpio like us, but you do want to invest in a private reading where you can always share whatever, no judgment. We can talk everything you want to from COVID vaccines to politics, looking at your (laughs) abortion, let's do it, everything on your chart and figure out life together, right? That's all birth chart readings are, is I'm handing you your lantern back. You got lost on your path. It's dark. You can't see. You invest in time with me and relight your kerosene lamp and say, there it is. You see the path now? All right, now go on. Shoot. I, I hope uh, I hope she books a call with you. I think she'll, oh, I think she'll greatly benefit. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see. That'd be so funny if she even looked like a blend of us. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you in the next episode. See you later.